Now, Kira, we're going to turn to leaders' questions first. Leaders' questions in the Dáil. Item 1, RTE, and following further revelations over the weekend relating to exit packages. What did we hear today? Yeah, so once again, it dominated leaders' questions. Session uh, Fein leader Mary Lou MacDonald um, raising the matter with the Taoiseach and asking, you know, where was the accountability? Um, how were senior executives walking out of RTE with exit packages and outlining that if it was a nurse or a guarder that left their job or wanted to leave their job, they don't get a penny. And essentially she was calling on the Taoiseach um, to also have uh, RTE brought back under the remit of the Com- Comptroller and Auditor General. And in response to Taoiseach, he said, you know, that he there was a drip feed of information. It was quite damaging to RTE. The same comments that we've been hearing since last summer now. Um, and essentially, he said, if you know the two reports that are due in the coming weeks, these are the government report into RTE. If legislation is required for more accountability for RTE, that can be examined by the government. And again, calling for full transparency in the Dáil on the exit packages. Um, uh, that that have been given to some former senior staff. He was speaking also at a press conference this morning that I attended where he was, again, as was Tanisha, asked multiple questions about RTE and he said that he wanted maximum transparency um, as far as legal advice could uh, go. Um, he said that he did have confidence in the Director General, Kevin Backers and Chair of the Board, Shuni Rallig, uh, to do their job, that they needed to be supported. Um, but they did raise concern about the decision to enter into a confidentiality clause um, in in uh, the case of one of the former executives, and I think that's actually the biggest issue for many politicians, and particularly the media committee, government TDs there on that confidentiality clause. Tarnish actually mentioning it as well before he went into cabinet, saying why did it have to be entered to, into in the first place, and the Taoiseach saying that going forward they needed to be avoided at, at all costs. All right, and this obviously came up, <coughs> excuse me, on the media committee last week, where it was revealed that uh, Rory Coveney, the director of strategy in RTE, who had uh, was responsible for the the or the book stopped with him for Toy Show the Musical, which lost two point two million euro, that he had in fact received some form of mm-hmm. payment, but we weren't it, the director general declined to reveal how much uh, yeah. at the committee hearing. Yeah, and then um, at the weekend he. To me, it seems like he was forced into releasing a statement because of the media reports that emerged late last week after the revelations at the media committee that, you know, there was a number of these so-called golden, golden handshakes. Um, he has not said how much Rory Coveney re- received. He has alluded to the fact that it could be around um, the region of €200,000. And he also said in an interview in Drive Time yesterday that um, he believes that the payment is a lot less in the case that if Rory Coveney decided to take a case to the WRC, which was interesting that he even made those comments um, because we were told uh, initially in a statement by Rory Coveney that he resigned. Uh, DG Kevin Backhurst now says the two of them spoke and made a decision that he was to leave. So it just, the, the continuous statements and explanations just are continuing to muddy the water and I think a lot of politicians particularly cabinet ministers when that statement came out on Saturday um, their eyebrows are raised and it's a sense that if you're explaining you're losing. Yeah, and indeed, there was. I think there was some surprise that there was a, a payment. As you say, mm-hmm. it, it was known that Rory Coveney had resigned. There was some surprise last mm-hmm. week that any payment was made and perhaps further confusion because of what was said uh, last July. Now, the Irish Independent uh, have posted uh, the audio of uh, an exchange between 
uh, Fiona and Sheehan of that paper with the Director General Kevin Backhurst. This is from last July in which the terms of Rory Coveney's departure uh, were being asked about. Uh, we're going to play that audio now. It's from the Irish Independent. Here it is. Um, not as gross, yeah, and, and I, don't, I don't think it's fair to talk about the individual arrangements, I'm sure, as you appreciate, like all staff. No, I don't really appreciate it, no. Okay, well, you should do, because all staff have got a right to confidentiality and privacy right. at whatever level in the organisation. Yeah, well, confidentiality was cited by Mr Coveney for the last eight months for not disclosing what was lost by yeah. RTE on sure. a massive project, yeah, 2.2 million. So people are titled to know yeah. the person who presided over that, did he get a payment going out the door? He didn't get a, no, he didn't get a payment going out the door, but he is entitled, as other people are, to, you know, statutory level kind of payments when they leave an organisation. So Why have you resigned? I'm not going to go into more detail about individuals. But if you resigned, why is he entitled to any payment? I'm sorry, I'm not going to go in. There's an arrangement when people leave. I'm not going to go into the individual details of that. It's not fair. There's also GDPR laws that apply to this, and I'm not going to break those laws either. But it sounds like the same sort of garbage excuses that were being cited by RTE for the last eight months to not divulge financial details. I'm trying to be as transparent as I can. Well, you're clearly not here. If you won't tell the public, did the man who presided over a 2.2 million loss of licence fee payers' money did he receive a payment going out the door? Yeah, I've said what I've got to say about that. And that was Kevin Backhurst uh, speaking to the Irish Independence, Fiona and We'll go to our panel. Uh, Louise O'Reilly, you have a background in, in the trade union movement, probably no stranger to the WRC. I mean, as part of your work, as opposed to uh, landing <laughs> up there yourself. Yeah, exactly. not, not, not that you'd have to tell me, because the WRC <laughs> is, after all, uh, a confidential process in, in many cases. The argument being advanced by RTE, though, if it had decided uh, to take a different course of action, i.e. to try and secure the departure of people without entering into uh, to mediation, that it would have cost them more than what we uh, can infer from what, what was said that Rory Coveney went on about 200,000. Yeah. Is that plausible? No, uh, it's not plausible in any way. And in fact, um, Mr Coveney resigned and as he was walking out the door, uh, it seems like the Director General was running after him trying to stuff money into his pockets for reasons I cannot figure out. The fact is that uh, the man resigned. If any person resigns from their job, they, in some instances, wouldn't even be entitled to social welfare, much less a payout of 200 grand. OK, well, he, he didn't just resign, did he? He resigned in a context and the context was that Kevin Backhurst changed the leadership team. There was considerable public controversy and is his position was deemed untenable in that situation. But he could have hung on. He could have hung on and he could have gone to the WRC. He could also, and you know, this might come as a little bit of uh, shock to some of the people who are allergic to accountability, he could also potentially have been the subject of uh, an internal process uh, regarding how he circumvented all of the rules, all of the procedures. I mean, that is a matter now of public record. Well, let, let, let's let's um, just hold, hold so that, that thought the, because the, we, the we 2. have... The 2.2 million could be squandered on a complete flop. I think right. one of the newspapers called it, uh, was it Toy Show the Farcical? I mean, that's around about it. He caused massive mm-hmm. reputational damage to RTE. And yet, for some reason, the Director General thought fit to run out the door after him and, and try to stuff money into his pockets. All, that's all, incredible. All, all the, the, the Director General says he, he didn't do it on his own. But let's hear from the media committee last week where the head of the Audit and Risk Committee... Anne O'Leary was being questioned by the Sinn Féin TD Imelda Munster on that specific point about uh, how Toy Show the Musical uh, did not was not put through the rigours of the uh, the normal scrutiny for financial projects in RTE. Because of the lack of, say, oversight or the pressing of questions or you've been across it and on top of it all, 
we had a cost to the taxpayer of 2.3 million for a flop because there was no risk assessment done, there was no proper oversight done, and that was all under your watch. Well, I, I think, um, Deputy, that's a little unfair in that there is a rigorous process in place in RTE about how projects are supposed to get approval for funding or not. So and what in happened? my time, it was the, the um, sponsoring executives, uh, Rory Coveney and Dee Forbes, deliberately circumvented that procedure. That's uh, Anne O'Leary, head of the Audit yeah. and Risk Committee. Um, and in that scenario, can I just finish that, off that, the that, point? That's quite the allegation. In, in that it? scenario, I would have expected that somebody who circumvented the normal process would be subject to some sort of internal uh, process. I'm assuming, by the way, you know, if it was someone on a different grade, I would imagine those rules do apply. And if you talk to the trade union representatives who represent people in RTE, they say there are internal processes to deal with that. But let's just say that uh, they'd gone through the internal processes and, and, and it found that there, there was a dismissal in order, hypothetically speaking. And the parties involved then decided they weren't happy so they're going to rock on down to the WRC and take their chances there as they're perfectly entitled to do. There's a cap of two years on the award and out of that they take any money that you make. Now Kevin Backhorst was very, very clear in saying that he believed Mr Coveney to be So just, 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 just a to be young clear man. about that. Just, so yeah. if you leave you're, uh, if, if there is if the WRC makes a finding mm-hmm. two years salary is the maximum Under the unfair dismissal if, if sector, you take mm-hmm. up employment before that time that's subtracted from the settlement isn't exactly. it? Exactly and Mr Backhurst himself was at pains to point out uh, that Mr Coveney is a young man with a, a very full career ahead of him so the expectation on Mr Backhurst's part is entirely that the man will be re-employed and so therefore the award would be absolutely but do you, minimal. But do, do you accept that the payout to any individual at the WRC is one part of the costs. Oftentimes you hear of people at the W at senior council barristers uh, representing parties at the WRC and they don't come cheap. And you're more often going to find uh, people who are internal. There's a very sophisticated human resources and legal department here in RTE that I'm sure would be more than capable of taking a straightforward unfair dismissals claim to the the WRC and processing that. There's no need for barristers to be involved. It is a quasi-judicial system. It's not a legal forum. You don't need a barrister. You can go on your own, in fact. Nobody needed to hire any barristers, but there's probably enough in-house legal talent here to be able to take that case. And I think it is... Uh, to me, it made me incredibly angry as someone who has been to the WRC on many occasions with people on very modest amounts of money with very legitimate claims where they have to go through a process. And I'm sure there are people within the confines of this building who themselves have been through industrial relations procedures who look at this and think, well, there really is one rule for uh, for some okay. and another rule for others. And that's not fair. And people can see that very clearly. Right. The man Gar- caused massive reputational damage okay. and he, right. he sailed off uh, in the package. As, as, uh, as the Director General he he felt that uh, the um, Rory Coveney's his 16 year career should have been taken into account he didn't bear sole responsibility you heard uh, Anne O'Leary under privilege under uh, parliamentary privilege there mentioning that the other person obviously uh connected with this was 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 the former DG as well who would, who was obviously a, a more senior manager in all of this but do you, do you believe Gareth Hearn that um Orty should have explored other options to secure the departure of people whose positions it deemed to be untenable. I, I think they should expand more on the decisions that they made. I, I, I find every time RT are in the committee, there's more questions after they've finished uh, being in the committee. Um, I think I think Kevin Backhurst, when he, when he took the role, I think there was certainly 
a level of support within the the country and from people I was speaking to that felt that he could change things. I think that has changed in the last week and a half because of the revelations that we've seen. Uh, And in fact, there's very serious questions that need to be answered, even about the packages. How are they calculated? Why are some people getting packages? Why are others not getting packages? Well, um, in the case of... Are packages going to the board for approval? Sure. Well, I mean, in the case of one of the executives who, whose package was high profile, that was that was Breed O'Keefe, that package was agreed under the 2017 voluntary exit programme and the, the, the terms of that package were, depending the on length of service, to... to uh, to a max of two years' salary. Well, in, in the case of that exit programme, the post didn't have to be suppressed. Uh, it was in the 2021 process that they began suppressing posts. It was supposed to be a, a cost-saving issue in this. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I see I, your face, Louise. I, I, I'm explaining to you what, I, I, what's I in the Grand Thornton report. Say, but as someone who sure. has a small amount of knowledge of the of the Redundancy Payments Act, um, yeah, my, I think I'm probably entitled to, to, to roll my eyes and be a little bit Well, well strictly speaking, the voluntary exit programme was not a redundancy programme. It was, in effect, uh, an exit programme that was designed for cost saving. This this is in the judgment of of, uh, of Grant Thornton now, who, who looked yeah, at this but, as well. But, anyway, the, but the expectation yeah. of every single person in this country is when you get a redundancy package, your position isn't taken uh, afterwards. But but I think now, because of what we've seen with some of these exit packages, I think one of my colleagues, Alan Dillon, uh, has said that we need to see all exit packages that were given during the time of D Forbes being Director of Elections. because Director General. Yeah. Uh, Director General. Um, because I think... If we're looking for transparency, and it's it's one of it's, it's probably the most used word that the the new director general has used, Kevin Packhorse. If we want uh, transparency, we need to see all of those ex, uh, exit packages uh, that were given during her time as director general. Right. That director of elections there wasn't a Freudian slip. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have anything to tell us, do you? You're not going to give us the inside. It's a year of elections. So, you know. <laughs> right. I was out canvassing this evening, so I, I'm, I'm okay. very relaxed. We'll have it any time you like. Right. Uh, Verona Murphy, just before we get into the remaining questions, and you remember the Public Accounts Committee, so we'll we'll get into that. But just uh, on this, do you think RT should have looked at other options when the leadership uh, team has been changed? Or do you accept that would have been quite an expensive process if they had a decision? Decided well, to, to, to go down the road of, of, well, of trying I, I to just, dismiss people. Yeah, well, I just want to say at the outset that when Kevin Packhurst first appeared in his new position in front of the Public Accounts Committee, he put huge emphasis on Ryan Tuberty's moral obligation. Whether he had a legal obligation or not was questionable, but he was in no doubt, that is Kevin Backhurst, as to Ryan Tuberty's moral obligation to face the people. And I think... That hasn't been mentioned since. And at the time I said Ryan Tuberty had been scapegoated and we can see now that he clearly was to cover up all of the other things that have been uncovered since. Well, uh, Breed O'Keefe. But the Ryan Tuberty, the the situation of uh, the under-declaration of payments to Ryan Tuberty was a separate controversy in this side. Someone who was self-employed, not an employee directly of RTE and who was accountable for his taxes. We have seen everything but any form of moral recompense in RTE. We, it was pledged by Kevin Backhurst to the committee that everything, everything in his power would be done to restore trust and confidence. Well, look at for someone who is coming to government cap in hand and has taken a stance where he won't divulge it's not a very clever move and I would say at best I know there are people calling for his resignation but it does seem to me that he was very naive in his belief that he would be okay 
to come back in front of several committees and to the minister to say that. And where, I'm where not do you put the emphasis of this moral obligation, as you see it? I, I, would you expect him? I mean, he says he is legal. Well, I think trust, not, not not to divulge certain well, things. Think where, but say, do you think there was a moral where, obligation not to enter well, into non-disclosure was, agreements? Yeah, I think where was any obligation, be it legal or moral, to enter into a non-disclosure agreement with public monies being spent, particularly as I said, with the debacle and circus we've had, that the public are entirely sick of. And I have to appreciate your position, Colin, you're an employee. All of the employees of RT that I speak to are in a difficult position because of it, because we don't now know what the future holds or the funding structure. Are are you calling for his resignation? No, I have not called for his resignation because when he came before the committee, I believed, like Gareth, he came into a very Mm. difficult job and he deserved the time that it would take to put this to bed. But it would appear to me that he has learnt little. It is, as I said, it's at best naivety and at worst ineptitude. And I think he will have to think about that himself. But I do believe there is no restoration of trust and confidence. And we do have to very much get over this and get on with it because people are quite sick of it. I'll come back back to some of the questions the PAC might have. Just very quickly, I do think most politicians from all political parties and none were impressed with him the first time he came in to the committee to speak. Has he lost give, his, give his in your view? Well, I don't think it's very helpful when he starts criticising politicians for asking them questions and leading uh, uh, an impression that we're trying to ask him to break the law, which he knows well isn't the case. Uh, I think he'd be better fit actually answering the but questions. If, if his legal advice well, is that yeah, he can't he, break the terms of a non-disclosure agreement. Yeah, but, we but, but, but we all know he's got privilege within the committee. He can speak freely within the committee without any, any fear of any uh, legal actions being taken against him. Um, so, it, like, he's waiting for legal advice. He's, he's talking about looking for further legal advice and that's External fair enough. legal advice, yeah. 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 But, I mean, but he does have, priv- he does have, he does have privilege. You know, that's um, another set of legal advice to add to the legal advice he had that said like, he might or might not be able to. He had different legal like, advice before he divulged that there was a package for um, from Ms O'Keefe. You know, and I mean, in the middle, um, well, it should be in the middle of all of this, but um, uh, uh, curiously, standing on the sidelines as passive observers, there, there are senior members of government. I mean, Catherine Martin, the, you know, ultimately, uh, the, the the media minister uh, seems very, very uh, uncurious about what goes on uh, in RTE, notwithstanding the fact that it's all over the, the papers and all in the headlines. And we find out that, you know, it was only yesterday that uh, she got her first briefing on the severance packages. Everyone else is talking about them and she's only getting, she's only looking for briefings at the very last minute. It seems there has to be about a week of sustained scandal and media chat about something before the uh, media minister is in any way curious about it. And I think that's uh, a matter of concern. There's large sums of public money being spent here. There should be accountability and, and that should be led by the government. That's but, not happening. Right. I, I suppose large, did, 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 large sums of public money being spent on report after report. Mm. RTE, Rightly so, no. Or, well, not really. Not when the terms of reference well, who are else, being, who else, well, Who else would pay for reports into RTE when RTE is a commercial semi-state? Well, if the terms of reference are being set by RTE, which they were by the McCann Fitz, and nobody has mentioned this, including any programme I've listened to, nobody has mentioned it. We have a report that was derived that cost 100000 a month to compile, and it took some 12 months to compile it almost. And the reality is that those terms of reference were set 
it in a way that was protectionist for the board of RTE when they had a very, very obvious chance to clear all their names. They said protectionist terms of reference, which were no finding of fact. Well, Well, it's not in my view. They're there to be seen. findings of fact. I haven't seen you read them out. I haven't seen anyone. The findings of fact, nobody was named. Nobody, so therefore there could be no accountability even for the PAC committee to receive that report. We have to now delve into whether or not we should have to look behind what are called person A, person B or person one, person two. It's a crazy scenario when they... No, no, what I'm, what I'm saying is your opinion. Your, 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 your assertion is, is that it, it was there to protect the board. I'm sure the board would differ from that assertion that they commissioned reports. In no, order the terms to, of it, reference that were set were set by RTE. In no, a way well, I, that I know, but, but, the, but the intention of the terms of reference, I'm sure the board would argue that the terms of reference were set to, to achieve transparency, not to protect not to protect. No intelligent anyone. person would see that Clear. the terms of reference were going to do anything except protect the board. Uh, Ciara Fiedman, would you. Would you uh, What's your analysis about where we are now? That this was a very much a look back exercise mm. by um, uh, headed up by a man who wasn't around when a lot of this stuff yep. wasn't happened. Has it entered a new phase now? Yep. Is this very much a current RTE controversy? Yep, and I think you know that was that was one of the questions that was put to the public expenditure minister Pascal Donoghue yesterday at a doorstep. You know that essentially a lot of the things that we were dealing with up until last week at the media committee was it was not a Kevin Backhurst issue. But what has transpired and the revelations from that media committee is now his issue because he and other members of the board are aware and have been aware of some time about Brady O'Keefe's package, about Rory Coveney's package and, like I said earlier on, about the confidentiality clause, which is going to cause, um, I think, further pressure on M- Mr Backhurst and you know, any government TD that I've been speaking to said that's the the, the pinch point for them. Um, I think he has a lot of questions to answer still. I think we, again, are going to be waiting for further legal advice. Um, you know, he very clearly, the Taoiseach and Taunship putting pressure on him, although supporting him publicly, um, it's his, their comments as well is a sense that we want more detail. Um, and I think that this is an issue that for a lot of people may not be happy about is right. going to continue on. I suppose, like Packer looking for them to come back in. Is it a case a media committee are going to want them to come back in again? And you have to think about the fact that why we all wanted to get the details on this is about the long-term funding model for RTE. Um, the government have committed to giving interim funding essentially a bailout of taxpayers' money to the tune of €40 million Euro, um, before the government come to a conclusion on what exactly they're going to do in terms of the TV licence fee. Um, I do think that the latest revelations in the last couple of days have definitely set that back. All right. Uh, Verona Murphy, the Public Accounts Committee mm-hmm. wants to ask questions. You can ask all of those questions about terms of reference of reports and everything else. But has, has the Public Accounts Committee uh, taken legal advice on what the parameters of the answers that can be given are, number one? Uh, and number two, have has the Public Accounts Committee, do you know, corresponded with RTE and let them know these are the answers we want. If you are not prepared to give these answers, we want to know the reason why. Well, I think it's more that these are the questions we have and we expect the answers. Give us your top three. Well, no, I, I probably can't in that regard. Keep from your powder my, dry. Well, no, I think, look, the reality of this is we are viewing documents today and tomorrow. I haven't seen them. Some some of the committee would have been in there today, but from half 11 till half two tomorrow, I will be viewing documents. I think what's 
ringing true here is that we have, this is the second circus with the very same set of individuals almost. We've heard different stories from everybody and the last circus continued for six months. I would have thought the DG would have learnt from that outing. And it doesn't appear that he has. And I think the trust and confidence issue for me is that when the DG appeared the first time, he he had every confidence in the remaining board, which we have all seen now <clears throat> to not be the case. And his trust and confidence is an issue for me as to whether or not he is just naive or inept. And I think that for me is where we need. Can we bring RTE forward? Can we bring them forward into a new realm if we keep making the same mistakes? At the end of the day, no matter how RTE are funded, it's going to be through the taxpayer. OK. What, what um, Louise O'Reilly, what questions... And there must be accountability. What, what um, questions do you think RTE should answer at the Public Accounts Committee next? Well, I'm sure they'll bring their latest set of legal advice, which may or may not contradict the other legal advice, which potentially might have contradicted the legal advice before that. I think they need to be definitive. It's not enough for Mr. Backhurst to say he's interested uh, in accountability. Likewise, uh, for the Taoiseach and the, the, the media minister to say that they also uh, have a passing interest in accountability. Accountability is about transparency and it's about procedures being fair and open. And let's not forget, you know, RT is a large organisation. There's a, most of the people who work here are in very, very ordinary wages. They're nowhere near the kind of eye-watering packages that, that these people are getting. And most of the people who work here, if they walked out the door, if they resigned, in whatever circumstances, would not expect a payoff and wouldn't get a payoff. We also know that RTE uh, are no strangers to the WRC. They have been in the WRC in the past. My understanding is they will again in relation to issues around bogus self-employment. So You think you think that the approach is selective, do you, with regard to engagement in the WRC as to when they decide to go down and when they decide not to go down? Well, they have engaged in processes in the WRC without knowing what the outcome of those processes would be because none of us can know before we go in. You take your chances in that forum and they're more than adept at taking their chances in that forum and I don't believe they hire barristers every single time they go to the WRC. I'm open to correction on that, but my understanding is they don't. And yet for some people. So there's very obviously a one rule for high earners and another for right. uh, for people on ordinary wages. And the question for the government is, do you stand over that if you're interested in accountability, what is the government going to do? I mean, I find the Minister uh, for Media to be very uncurious about what goes on in RTE. She tends to to say nothing, to, 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 to hang back. And Isn't then there a fine line a, to be trodden, though, whenever it comes to the difference between looking for answers on the one hand, but directing affairs crosses the line into political interference? Nobody expects any minister to direct affairs in RTE at all. But we are talking about large sums of taxpayers' money and uh, Verona referred to it there in a, a bailout for RTE in the, to the tune of tens of millions of euro. That's not small money. So the minister needs to be accountable. She's going to talk about accountability. Should She should right. walk that walk. But does that not say more about uh, Kevin <coughs> Backhurst and Shuni Raleigh, given that they didn't inform the media minis- minister for months? Like that, uh, that, that has added undoubtedly to all of the issues that have come to the fore in the last couple of days in terms of confidence in Kevin Backhurst. He's known about this since last July. 
But it, it appears he hasn't been asked about it, Kira. I mean, if the minister is meeting him regularly and she should be, she should be asking these yeah. questions. We, we, and if we, she's we, not asking actually, these questions, we well, then that's a problem. Week. But that, that is fair too. However, we also don't know if Catherine Martin asked those questions and wasn't given an answer. We don't know mm. that. I think that what the standout point from this is, and a lot of people have, you know, privately said, you know, what is Catherine Martin doing? There was questions being asked about government TDs this week as well to journalists, like, how did she not know about this? But I also don't know, maybe she has, I don't know, if she's asked those questions and have, hasn't been given clarity and answers. But essentially, it, 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 this is a Kevin Backer's issue. It hasn't, hasn't helped him at all that he hasn't told uh, the media minister about this when he's known about it for months. All right, uh, Gareth, one of the other things that came up with the media committee last week was people questioning why this, you know, why it was uh, an agreed departure in the case of Rory Coveney and why there was some kind of uh, financial settlement involved in securing that departure. And Kevin Backer said something to the effect, I'm paraphrasing here, that this is this is what happens in senior leadership uh, positions. He corrected himself then and said at any level, but later on said that this is what happens at a senior level when somebody's departure is being is is being sought. Do you think that that, that uh, <clears throat> I suppose the use of language like that is the kind of thing that people pick up on? Well, I'd say what I'd say is there's absolutely no one at a junior level who feels like they've got an exit package anytime they've left an organisation like RT or big organisations like that. Um, I think it, it's it, I didn't hear him saying it. It could be an unfortunate use of words, but but. Like it doesn't bode well that you're you you know you're almost um, uh, uh, making an excuse that it's at a senior level that he's getting an exit package. But look, like I, I for me, you were talking about what questions should be asked at at the next public accounts committee. Like it's the simplest of questions, the ones I mentioned before, in relation to how are they even calculated? How how do they come up with a figure of four hundred fifty thousand for Breed O'Keefe? Um, how do they come up with other figures for other exit packages? I, I think I think the calculation was it was <clears throat> uh, six weeks of six weeks of uh, four weeks salary, two weeks statutory, uh, and multiplied by years of service to a maximum of two years of service was how the, how the calculations were made under the scheme. Yeah, and and then why did why did people some people get it? Why didn't others get it? Um, I, I, and I really like have these to say, Gareth, I think what's important here that we can't blame Kevin Backhurst for Breed O'Keefe. He wasn't no. there. But I think to see it but continue... But he is responsible to answer the and questions. He, he, well, he's responsible certainly in answering for what happened in Rory Coveney's case. I don't think as an employee Rory Coveney has anything to answer. The reality here is the decision was made by Kevin Backhurst and the na- he was... People can make up their own minds but if he was that naive to think that this would not all come out in the wash and we wouldn't have the same circus mm. again or is it sheer ineptitude? Right, okay. That's the question must be answered. 